Welcome to the Betting with a Barber's Podcast. Kiki Barber! Intercepted, taken away by one day Barber. Barber will go all the way. Hosted by former All-Pro NFL stars Tiki Barber. Tiki with a career-high 213 yards rushing. Rondé Barber. That is an interception. That's Rondé Barber's 10th of the season. And featuring Ron Kruk. A production of GreenRollMedia.com. The world's premier sports betting podcast network. Rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Intercepted. Rondé Barber to the pylon. Touchdown, Tiki Barber. And presented by the world-famous Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com to get in the action with better odds, favorable prices, and an expansive betting menu. Now live in Nevada, Colorado, and New Jersey. Sign up today at Superbook.com. Superbook.com. NFL kickoff is almost here. Hey, let's dominate today. The Barber Twins are buckling up their chin straps and about to take center stage. Let's get the former player perspective on this weekend's NFL betting action with Tiki and Rondé. It's betting with the Barbers. Under center, here's your signal caller, Ron Crook. We have officially hit crunch time in the NFL and on betting with the Barbers, powered by Superbook Sports. I'm Ron Kruk with former New York Giant Tiki Barber and, of course, former Tampa Bay Buck Rondé Barber. Guys, hopefully you don't have Triscadecophobia or the fear of 13 because we have some massive games here in week number 13. Yeah, no, there are. <laughs> I've never heard that word either, but I thought you were going to say like trick the fan Adobe or something off of like Thanksgiving turkey and stuff like that. What are you talking about, Ron? <laughs> I like to just throw out some random facts. As you I, I actually do have and that. I, still, I think I'm still feeling the effects of Thanksgiving. Oh, I definitely. It was four days of debauchery, <laughs> food, <laughs> drink, and a lot of football, which was good. A lot of it, football. Yes, absolutely. It sounds right. Uh, Guys, let's take a look back. Uh, Week 12, nine favorites covered against the spread, five dogs. And as we move into week 13, I just kind of quickly want to look at both the AFC and NFC. Um, You know, at this point, I feel like we're still trying to figure out who are the contenders and who are the pretenders. Um, In the AFC, if the season ended right now, you would have the number one seed being the eight and three Baltimore Ravens right behind them at number two, eight and four New England Patriots, three, the Tennessee Titans and number four, the Kansas City Chiefs. What's your take? Are these really the top teams in the AFC? Uh, that's a good one. I'm going to say that Baltimore is hanging by a thread as the top team because <laughs> six game winning streak by New England. I, I mean, I, I think it goes without saying that they are playing the best football. And right. we know we get to this point in the year and it, it's not about record, really. It's about who's playing the best. And you cannot say for a fact that it's Tennessee. It's not. They've lost two in a row and they don't look like a team that should be on top of their division. And then Kansas City is probably second in my mind because they're starting to play defense. We keep wanting to revert back to this narrative that their defense stinks, but their defense has played well over the past month. Good so I, 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 am, I am saying New England, Kansas City, and then everybody else, they're just kind of, I don't know, man. It's, it's helter-skelter underneath it. 
I agree with that. And I think the NFC is actually kind of this, uh, similar with, with, the, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers finding ways to win despite playing crappy for a half and, and, <laughs> right. and probably the, the, the Green Bay Packers because Aaron Rodgers can make, uh, it's, you know, chicken salad out of, you know, what any, almost any, any given day. <laughs> and so I think that, I think that a couple of teams in the NFC that you trust, it's it's really about trust. It you trust this team to show up and make a play. Yes, I do it with Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I do it the with the Green Bay Packers, the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know. Sometimes I'll say yeah. Other times I'm like, dude, you think you can have them? So I, I think both the AFC and NFC have two or three teams that are trustworthy. The rest of them, you kind of got to take with a grain of salt. Totally yeah. agree. Yeah, that's well said. I mean, parity is alive and well right now over in the AFC. 12 teams are 500 or better through 12 weeks. I mean, that's incredible. And I'm glad you brought up the NFC, Tiki. If the season ended today, the order would be the number one seed, nine and two Arizona Cardinals, followed by the nine and three Packers, eight and four Bucks, and those seven and four Cowboys. Uh, who knows uh, what they're going to do on a week-to-week basis. Uh, but, yeah, it's still wide hey, open, and that's uh, why dare, we love it. Don't you dare give my Bucks one more loss than they have. They're 8-3. <laughs> oh, did I say four? Oh, my God. <laughs> Scold me. All right. What am I thinking? How dare I? <laughs> Guys, uh, bye weeks for this week. Number 13, we have the Panthers, we have the Browns, Packers, and Titans. So some big teams uh, taking the weekend off. All right, let's get to game number one. We begin, guys, with a a massive uh, AFC North matchup as the number one seed, as we said, Baltimore Ravens travel to the 5-5-1 Pittsburgh Steelers, Mm -hmm. who after... Two straight losses and a tie to the Lions. Guys, they really find themselves up against the ropes um, in a must-win situation. The Steelers, 4-7 and seven against the spread, coming off a blowout loss to uh, the Bengals, who completed not only completed the season sweep, but I think they took out uh, years of frustration on those Steelers. On the flip side, the Ravens continue to just eke by their opponents to do enough to win. Uh, They have covered the spread in their last two games and three out of their last four. Here are the odds coming in from Superbook.com. Baltimore, fellas, opened up as a minus three favorite. Uh, Current odds right now, bettors are going with the Ravens all the way up to minus four and a half, and the over-under sits at 43 and a half. Tiki, uh, break down this matchup for us. Yeah, this is a tough one to break down, mainly because Baltimore, I mean, last week they had four turnovers and three basically consecutive by Lamar Jackson, not even being forced into throwing interceptions. He was just making bad decisions and bad reads. The third one, he was trying to get to Mark Andrews. He basically threw it right to the defender. And so him having to read those in and outs is not necessarily his strong suit. But I think that they do have an advantage against a Steelers team that's reeling and this is more Rondé's uh you know wheelhouse because of Mike Tomlin and what he's dealing with trying to motivate those guys right now offensively Ben Big Ben's a shell and he's done I mean you can just you can just throw it up toss up the flag right now he just doesn't have it anymore he's immobile he's inconsistent uh, and he doesn't have the cannon that he used to used to have and so they rely so much on that defense to get after quarterbacks but they're not they're not doing it and now TJ Watt is is likely out of this game because of COVID protocols and uh if without that this this 
Baltimore Ravens offense, which still is number two in the league in rushing the football, and can run to the edges and run all around this team. So I suspect that Baltimore has a great edge here. I know they're laying four and a half. It probably could be bigger, but if you're asking me, Baltimore uh, minus four and a half is an easy bet for me. I'm going to just start this off by saying I do love Mike Tomlin. He's got Mm -hmm. a bad football team right now. (laughs) And I think they know that they're bad. And I completely agree with you, Tiki. Big Ben is done. Mm -hmm. You know, that game last week, if there was a balance of power shift in the AFC, uh, in in the AFC North, it was that game, Cincy. And now you look at Pittsburgh this week and they have another one. The real question, though, is do the Ravens have staying power? You know, Mm -hmm. they don't, I mean, this is like the second euphemism we've thrown this this show already, but they're polishing a turd every week, man. They got two <laughs> ugly losses. They got three iffy wins in their last five games. Uh, they're still on top, obviously, uh, but they have to feel like this is a must-win game for them because of the way Cincinnati uh, is playing. Um, and for Pittsburgh, dude, it's, it's now or, or not, right? They have three division games left. Two of those are against Baltimore. Uh, and you almost don't know who to call, how to call this game because they got two average defenses, right? They're tied for third worst in the league in takeaways. So you look at the offense and you're going, Lamar, is he going to be Lamar uh, early in the year, Lamar? Or is he going to be Lamar of the last month and a half where he's been so like wildly inconsistent? Uh, and I guess you, 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 you have to go with Lamar in his running game. He's 700 plus yards rushing. Pittsburgh's D gives up 180 yards in the past month, which is just ridiculous. Minka Fitzpatrick comes back. TJ Watt comes back last week. He said you said he might miss this week. It didn't help them at all. Mm-hmm. Pitt needs to look themselves in the mirror. And I'm only saying this because I like Mike Tomlin and realize games in which Najee Harris does not get involved, they not only get beat, they get trounced. Ben is incapable, completely incapable of gaudy numbers. That being said, from a betting perspective, Pitt had turned the season around, right? We gave up on Murley. And then they came back, won four games, and then they had the tie to Detroit, making them not defeated on a year. But then there's two ugly losses. And I'm saying, in my mind, I'm saying Pittsburgh is done. But I also have to tell myself that this Baltimore offense has only scored 20 points once in the last five weeks. So four and a half dogs at home, Mike Tomlin is promising changes, personnel, schematic, whatever this week. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen this week. So I'm I, I, I'm saying they're going to cover at home. So Tiki and I got to disagree on this one. And this is not a this is not a fun one that you want to pat yourself on the back with because who the heck knows what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's so well put, guys. I, I agree. I was going back and forth on this one when uh, our producer Mike Rigg threw this out. I'm like, really? This is the one we got to break down? Come on, Mike. <laughs> they are leading the a- AFC. They're leading the AFC. That's true. Yeah, yeah. You you both make some great points. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I love Mike Tomlin and what he does, but Big Ben is not getting any younger and he's making so many mistakes uh but pittsburgh's got a really tough schedule the rest of the way their defense as you were mentioning ronda is just not what they they were they're a shell of themselves giving up 41 points in the past two weeks that's unheard of but on the flip side what is going on with lamar jackson i mean that four pick game maybe arguably the worst game of his career um, both these teams need to bounce back, but the Steelers need it more. If they lose, they're pretty much done, and uh, they're not making the playoffs. So I like taking desperate teams at home. 
I'm going to go with the Steelers uh, that they can keep it close. I'm going to take the four and a half as well. Uh, slight lean on the under as well. Sign up for Superbook now at Superbook.com. You got to download the app and make sure that you are following us at Superbook Sports on social media for clips of our picks throughout the week. All right, guys, we're going to keep it in the AFC for game number two. Another uh, real key divisional matchup. This time, the lead in the AFC East is on the line going down on Monday night football. Mm -hmm. The eight and four New England Patriots have overtaken the Buffalo Bills, who are seven and four as leaders of the division following their sixth straight victory last week when they easily covered the spread like the three of us told you they would mm -hmm. <laughs> as they blew out the Tennessee Titans. Uh, guys, New England has covered in all six of those wins. On the flip side, Buffalo got back to their winning ways on Thanksgiving when they carved up the New Orleans Saints. Uh, also easily covered the spread with a 31-6 to win. The Bills 6-4-1 against the spread, but have only covered twice out of their last six contests. Let's check out the odds now. Uh, according to superbook.com, Buffalo opened as a minus three favorite. The number has not moved. It is still at a minus three, and the point total sits at 44 points. Rondé, give us your take on this matchup. I was trying to throw my mic away if you didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is this a Manning cast game on Monday Night Football? Or do I get to listen to uh, uh, Brian Greasy and Lewis Reddick? I might, want to I might want to listen to the Mannings on this one because yeah, I love it. Yeah, to hear what they have to say. But this is a hard game to call. It's easily, you know, easily the game of the week because, like you said, Ron, it's for first place in the AFC East. You have the best scoring defense in New England versus the second best scoring offense in Buffalo. By the way, the second best scoring defense in the league is Buffalo. So you can kind of get where this game uh, is, is going. I, I have to question. <laughs> odds makers sometimes six <laughs> six game winning streak in their dogs and i know it's you know somewhat of a wash because it's buffalo at home but dude belly is coach of the year right now right is there any doubt that he's the best ever i mean no his defense in four straight games four straight convincing wins is giving up six and a half points a game um crazy look, I, I love buffalo i always have because i like josh allen i like and i like their coach uh, he had five incompletions last week. But Buffalo's D, they finally look like they should look against well, what we know now is a pretty hapless Saints team uh, without a quarterback. Um, but this is a different animal, man. This New England team, we've talked about it over and over this year. Their defense, they have 17 takeaways in that winning streak, in that six-game winning streak. 17. Most teams don't have – some teams out there don't have 10. They have 17 in a six-week six week, uh, span. So we could talk a lot about the rookie quarterback, Mac Jones, whatever. This is a team that's winning on defense. Matthew uh, Jadon is third in the league in sacks with 11 and a half. J.C. Jackson had another interception last mm -hmm. week. He's second in the league. Um, I love this matchup because of the D. You know, they're both both teams have top three pass defenses. So it, it behooves yourself to have, ask the question. Are either one of these teams going to be able to rely on their runners? It's supposed to be a, a what, rainy and snowy day uh, in, yeah. in, in Buffalo, which is, by the way, great place to play when it's rainy and snowy um Devin Singletary wow, for Florida guy saying that that's great yeah 
De Devin Singletary and Damian Harris haven't been asked to do much this year, but they're going to have to be. Um, and and I, like I said, I know this is basically a pick them, but it's impossible for me to go against the hot team. And New England's the hottest team in football. Yeah, it's hard for me to disagree with you on that, Rondé. You mentioned the 17 turnovers a six week. They've had four in each of the last two weeks. So eight turnovers in two weeks, and they've just been dominating. And it's not as if they're scheming their way into turnovers. It's hustle turnovers. It's chasing yeah. a guy down who's on a 30 or 40-yard uh, sprint down the field, knocking the football out, and then recovering it right on the sideline uh, with the right technique. I think, you know, this conversation that we had a year ago because of your guy, or at least now your guy, Rondé, Tom Brady coming to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and winning a Super Bowl. <laughs> well, who was it? Was it Belichick or was it Brady? Oh, it must have been Brady. Look what he did down in Tampa. Bill Belichick had a year where nine starters decided to sit out the season. They lost Crazy. their starting quarterback, yeah. one of their best receivers in franchise history, and Julian Edelman, and they still almost made the playoffs. If if, if if Cam Newton doesn't fumble on the 15-yard line against the Buffalo Bills, they win that game. They lost two other games, you know, because of of, 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 of bad starting quarterbacks because Cam was out. They easily could have been 10-6 and six and made the postseason last year. You look at them this year, you look at the money they spent in free agency, you go bring a guy in like Kendrick Bourne, who's like, Kendrick Bourne, what is it? He's just just a third down catching guy. The touchdown that he ran last week, it was a it was a four yard corner route. Like hear what I'm saying, a four yard corner route, a corner route. The only way to win, Rondé knows this, is to sell the hell out of going. Like that corner's got to think that you're running a go, right? How do you run a corner on the four yard line and get to the this, the, yeah. the back <laughs> edge of the end zone? The ball is released before you even make your break, and it's perfectly on time. You know why? Because they're coached to be that way. Success mm. is intentional, and the Buffalo and the and the and the New England Patriots have success because they are intentionally coached that way. So, in a game that Rondé is absolutely right about, evenly matched offensively, maybe even defensively, it's going to come down to coaching. That damn Belichick Brady conversation, throw it out the window. Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels and this staff is one of the greatest staffs that you'll ever see put together. I think that gives them the edge. Give me New England plus three, even though they're on the road in Buffalo. All right, both the barbers. <laughs> no, I've just come to appreciate them, bro. Like I watch them a lot. And I watched I watched Mac Jones uh at least five times last year, two years ago, and last year in college. And this kid is a baller. Right, he throws great passes. Downfield completion percentage is seventy-eight percent or something last year uh, in, in at Alabama, which is an all-time record. The dude puts the ball where it's supposed to be, and when you're running a quarter route with four yards to go before you hit the the goal line and you put it on the money, I, I, dude, I, I trust the kid. I know he's a rookie, yeah. but I trust him. Well, Tiki ate some crow last week or two weeks ago with the uh, Giants and, and Bucks game. Maybe it'll be my turn this week, Tiki, because I'm not agreeing with you. I, I get it. <laughs> Everything you're saying it leans towards the Patriots. They've been on fire. They're they're killing it. Uh, Bill Belichick has a stellar 25-5 and record against Buffalo. But the stat of the week, this will be the first time in franchise history that the Bills will host – a Monday night game in December. Wow. I wonder why. What? Wow. In December. Because it's freezing. But so that gives those guys all day long to eat buffalo wings, drink beer, get ready. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm excited to see what that New England uh, defense does, you know, against Josh Allen. You mentioned all the takeaways. They have been killing it. That is my fantasy defense in uh, my fantasy league. And they've just, I mean, 12, 14 points a game. 
yeah. uh, with all those takeaways. I think the Bills righted some things against the uh, Saints last week. Uh, again, the Saints are down without the, uh, you know a, a true quarterback. Uh, I'm going to take the Bills. I just think that Josh Allen will be able to handle what New England uh, throws at him. I'm going to take the Bills to cover. It's going to be a real tight game, though. Oh, we're, right. we're, gonna, we're coming for you next week, Ron. I know. I know. I thought about this. I almost changed it. I was like, you know what? I can't do it. I, <laughs> I did my research. As I'm sticking with it. And quickly, according to Superbook.com, Josh Allen, guys, is still uh, at 5-1 to one to win the NFL MVP award. Wow. He's tied with Rodgers for second best odds, only behind Tom Brady. That guy's Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, we keep things rolling now as uh, we are set for the SuperbookSports.com Barber Brothers Game of the Week. Before you lock in your picks, make sure you stay on top of the latest line movements at Superbook.com and download the app. All right, Tiki, you are up. What's your game of the week? You will like this one, even though you might not like the outcome. On the money line, I'm not taking this. But getting nine and a half points, the Denver Broncos and Kansas City, I'm going to take it. It feels like, like Denver it. does it, hasn't had it. right? All year we've questioned, like, what is this team made out of? Well, the AFC West is all jumbled. The Kansas City Chiefs are sitting atop at seven and four, but everybody else is six and five and hanging on. Uh, despite trading away Vaughn Miller and you know thinking things were just being cashed in for next year, this Denver Broncos team has started to play some really consistent football a lot of that's because of teddy bridgewater now i know he got banged up and people are like oh here comes drew lock but he he battled back he had a shin injury he came back on the field he should be available this week and his leadership has been paramount uh, for this offense to keep them on the field which allows other explosive offenses not to take advantage now kansas city's offense has been explosive and they started slow uh, tyreek hill is quietly having a fantastic season he's already got almost a thousand yards and eight touchdowns and travis kelsey follows up with five uh, but i still think they're mistake prone kansas city i think they win this game so money line i'd take kc but getting nine and a half points a top five defense uh both in scoring and uh in total yards in denver still Right. I, I'm I'm taking Denver on on the road in a division game that is very, very important uh, for the playoff picture. It's still early, early December, but this game is paramount for the playoff picture. And I think Denver really starting to feel it quickly on that note. They are talking here in Denver that this is the biggest game since yes. Super Bowl 50. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they're actually playing meaningful uh, games in December. Uh, I like that. That's a ton of points. Yep. Uh, it started a, at 10. Started, You know, it started a bit yes, higher. So. Absolutely. It's a ton of points. Uh, quickly, according to Superbook.com, Chiefs are one to two favorites to win the West. Denver sitting there at eight to one. Uh, maybe some value in that if uh, if they can pull off a victory. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's a lot of points for a di divisional uh, rivalry game. All right, Rondé, what do you got for your game of the week? I was just checking really quickly to see if the NFC was even playing football this week. <laughs> none of our games have been an NFC matchup. And my game of the week is not an NFC matchup. It's an AFC matchup as well. Where's that trend going? <laughs> I'm going LA Chargers at the Cincinnati Bengals. And look, the AFC North and the AFC West, man, Wow, it's any it's anybody's ball game. Everybody has six wins in both of those, at least six wins in both of those conferences, except for Pittsburgh, Division, who was five and five, with yeah. the advantage of a tie. Advantage of a tie. 
So Chargers, they're, they're, to me, they're an enigma, right? They're up and down every single week. They got a bunch of good players, but they don't really play great all the time. We know their quarterback is going to get his. He's fourth, in the, fourth in, the, in the league in passing yardage, but they have no running game to speak of. They did, certainly didn't last week. Their O-line gave up 19 pressures last week. 19. Mm-hmm. They have to find balance. And Joe Lombardi, who I respect as an offensive coordinator, has 200 more pass plays called than run plays. So there's, they're, they're asking these questions of themselves. The reality is they're doing it to themselves. And I, I, so I don't really trust the Los, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. And now you guys knew where I was early in the year. I'm back on Cincinnati. Uh, I texted <laughs> that to our producer. He's back. After two, hey, have, if, you, if you're betting two, them all year, you're doing well. I know. I had to give up on it. They had two inexplicable losses to the Jets in Cleveland, dude. There's <laughs> no way. But then they blow out the Raiders. They completely blow out the Steelers. And consider and consider this, you guys, especially you, Tiki. You'll, you'll like this. Joe Burrow, who we know is a talented quarterback, in the last two games, he's had less than 200 yards passing. And in that span, Joe Mixon, 135, 165 yards rushing, two touchdowns in each. Those were his first 100-yard game since week one. Wow. He's now third in league in rushing. The guy could play. They've literally taken the ball out of uh, uh, Joe Burrow's hands. And to make this argument against the Chargers, the Chargers are the worst run defense in the league by a margin by yeah. about 10 or 12 yards or something, right? And by the way, Staley's Rams D last year, third in the league in rushing defense. Ronaldo Hill is not the same. That The Chargers team has given up 31 points in the last uh, seven weeks per game. Joey Bosa scares you. Derwin James is a game record. But other than that, I don't know. Since he's starting to make this look easy, I think, because whatever you do to them, whether you try to stop the run and Joe Burr, they get they they'll take 50-50 chances with Jamar Chase and whoever is get got a one-on-one matchup. And then when you try to double those two guys, dude, Joe Mixon's getting loose. I mean, this is yeah. a, their their first yeah. last week was Cincinnati's first home win since September, right? I'm back all in, dude. Yeah. They're gonna repeat it this week. Yeah, I, you're right, Ronde. That's game at three, take it. He threw a 50-50 ball, calculated risk to T. Higgins. He came down with it. My guy is better than your guy. And for yes. the Los Angeles Chargers, he realized that Justin Herbert, who's 6'4", 6'5", 230 pounds, strapping, I can throw the ball downfield into, into keyholes. His intended air yards per pass attempt is like 6.4. Yeah, they're, they're dinking and dunking him, and he's not comfortable in that kind no. of offense. No. Yeah. I think the O-line additions that the Bengals have made have paid off. And another big key is, is Joe Mixon just staying healthy. It's been a while since he hasn't had some injuries and it's paying off for they, the Bengals. For they've sure. also started to uh, what I, I've watched them the last two weeks. They've also started to really buy into this wide zone scheme, dude. It mm-hmm. suits a runner like Joe Mixon so well, because mm-hmm. he's all he's got to do is make one cut and get vertical. He's going to run over somebody. He's going to run by somebody else. The guy looks awesome right now. Yeah, he does. Absolutely. Cincinnati, six and five against the spread, and the Chargers are five and six. Okay, this week, our rapid fire segment is, I'm not sure, either in honor of Thornton Mellon and the Rodney Dangerfield movie, Back to School, or the 10 NCAA football conference championship games that are going down on Friday and Saturday. Probably the latter, fellas. 
Um, oh yeah, Mike Rigg, he just he confirmed it. Huge college football weekend with 10 conference championship games beginning on Friday and then all day Saturday should be a lot of fun. We've got three different bets uh, that I'll throw out. You guys let me know your thoughts on them, beginning with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish coming in at 25 to 1 to win the national championship. Your take, guys. Take, mm. take it if you want to lose money, but they're not going to even get into the top four. So yeah. they have a Gary, loss. Natty. Yeah, no the the college football playoff committee did them no favors uh, with their latest rankings. They put them at number six behind Oklahoma State, who won yeah. Bedlam for the first time in a while since 2014. I actually called that game for Compass Networks, and it was awesome. The Cowboys absolutely shut down the Sooners game. in the second half. They gave up nine points, but it was nine defensive points that they gave up. A safety yeah. and a fumbled, a muffed a punt that was turned for a touchdown. The Cowboys shut them out uh, on offense. So Notre Dame, in order for them to make the college football playoff, would need Cincinnati to lose. They probably need Michigan to lose, and Alabama likely is going to lose. We'll get to that game, I think, a little bit here in a second. Uh, but because what of what Gary Barta said, that is, our committee members, all 13 of them, have their own decisions to make regarding who's playing, could be a running back that starts playing, he gets hot. Hey, that influences us. Uh, it could be a coach who's not available because he peaced out and went to LSU. They're not getting into the college football playoff. And the Gary Barter basically said so. Uh, they don't have an interim coach. They got to play a bowl game. It's likely it's going to be Marcus Freeman, their defensive coordinator, or Tommy Reese, uh, or Brian Polian, who is their special teams coordinator. But guess what? Brian Kelly's trying to take all those guys with him. <laughs> so they might not have a coach at all come the bowl season. So Notre That's Dame's insane. not getting in. I wouldn't, I know it's large odds and it could be fun, but uh, even if they do get in, there's no chance in hell they're beating Georgia. Yeah, and and let's put it this way: Notre Dame played one of the most. Um, how do we describe the ACC this year? On auspicious conferences, that was it was bad. Uh, the teams they played, so they have zero strength of schedule uh, yeah. in their favor. They're not getting that. So, like I said, yeah. you just want to throw it out there, just so you can say you spent twenty five to one on the Fighting Irish. There you That's go. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think Brian Kelly has a lot of faith in them getting there either, and that's why he is gone and took half the staff. Quickly, Georgia is the favorite to win the national championship at 1-2. to two. Alabama and Michigan come in at 7-1, to one, and Cincinnati and Oklahoma 14-1. to one. All right, let's look at our second back-to-school uh, college game. Uh, the Pac-12 championship gets the spotlight on Friday, December 13th, or the 3rd. Number 14, Utah takes on number 10 ranked Oregon. Current odds, the Utes are minus two and a half point favorites. The total sits at 59 and a half point favorites. Guys, the question is, can Utah beat Oregon twice in two weeks? And more importantly, can they cover? Mm. This is one of those ones that you, you always see it on the schedule whenever it works out this way where you're playing a team so close to playing them before, you know, prior, you're saying there's no way. But when you watch that, uh, Utah-Oregon game earlier, it was 28 to nothing like that. It was and Oregon, who I think is a pretty decent football team, was completely shell-shocked. They never recovered. Now, were they, they were able to, you know, rectify their season. They didn't play anybody the rest of the year. It was always going to come back to this, to, to this football game. Um, what, what did you say the line was? Uh, two and a half. Utah two and a half. Two and a half. This, is, this game is in Vegas. 
right? It's at, it's at the uh, at the new Vegas Stadium. I mean, is Oregon better than Utah? I think yes, and I think they're better than them by more uh, than a field goal. So I I would take this for sure. Yeah, I'm taking Oregon in this game all day. Now, it, yeah, they got blown out 38 to seven in that November 20th matchup, and um, you know it looked ugly for Oregon. They disqualified themselves for the college football playoff. But guess what? This is history. We see this back in 2019. Oregon is sitting prime position. Mario Cristobal squad. Yeah, they're going to make the college football playoff. They screw up by getting blown out by some team, and then they come back. They qualify for the yep. Pac-12 championship, and they destroy whoever they play in the Pac-12 championship. History is going to repeat itself. They're going to beat Utah this time around because it's really hard to beat a well-coached team like nice. Mario Cristobal's Oregon Ducks. Anthony Brown is probably going to have to do a little bit more than he's been asked to do so far. That's Oregon's quarterback, by the way. Uh, they're, yep. they're running game has been their their catalyst all season long as long as they stop or uh, utah who rushed for 200 yards in that game 220 yards i think it was in that game uh, i think oregon can walk away with the pac-12 championship so give me oregon all right finally we're all on the same page it's tough to beat a team twice in two weeks i'm taking oregon and the points as well all right and finally the game everyone is waiting for the SEC championship matches up number one, Georgia and the defending national champs, Alabama Crimson Tide. Big number for the SEC title game, guys, uh, as Georgia comes in as the minus six and a half point favorite over under is at 50. Who do you like in this one? Georgia with the points. Uh, money line confident. and with the points i'm confident because they have a great rush defense uh they get after the quarterback and last week against a middling and i say that word intentionally middling uh, auburn team alabama gave up seven sacks seven sacks yeah. it's just ridiculous bryce young who is a freshman even though he's kind of like a super freshman because last year didn't count um he looked lost on the road he hasn't played well i know his statistics will tell you yeah he threw for over 300 yards against florida yeah he threw for over 300 yards against texas a&m uh, he doesn't play well on when he's not in the confines of bryant denny stadium in tuscaloosa that just is what it is now brian robinson has a hamstring inju in injury uh, the yeah. next running back has 50 carries brian robinson had 220 like, they just don't have the offensive consistency, despite Jamison Williams and John Mechie the third, like all this talent. They just don't have the offensive consistency to beat a team that has been as dominant as Georgia. I know you look at Georgia's offense and say, yeah, but they can't score. Guess what? The number one defense in, the, in college football, they're number six offensively. Stetson yes. Bennett is just the man. I mean, yeah. I, like I know he's Getting got this cute little story, and it's you know he's not going to be a pro, but uh, uh, Brock, uh, what's his name? What's the Titans' name? Brock Bowers. Bowers. He's a freshman tight end. He's got ten touchdowns, man. Just chucking it to the tight end in the red zone. Uh, I I think that Georgia uh, runs away with this game. I mean, I like Alabama. I always want to root for them. Saban's got the the lock on the best coach that I've ever seen, maybe the best in the history of college football. But he just doesn't have that little bit of it that you need in order to be. Special. Special this year i will add to, i will add to that and say this in in reality this alabama team does not deserve to be in this conversation they absolutely do not deserve after watching that auburn game it reminded me that they also have a game where they barely beat the arizona razorbacks seven points mm -hmm. they barely beat the lsu tigers six points they lose to texas a m yeah. they barely beat florida 31 to 29 early in the year and I'm sitting here saying Bryce is a really athletic drop back runner. He's not. <laughs>
He's not, he's not good enough. He's not what they once have had at the position and, 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 and complimented by a great running game. They don't have that anymore. They don't deserve to be in this conversation. Auburn should have beat them last week, and it would have been the Absolutely. end of it. I was actually sitting here kind of hoping for the end of the era and let you know Auburn yeah. win this game, and, and, and then the conversation gets way more interesting for college football, but then Saban does what he always does and finds a way to pull you know Genie out of, out of, a, out of a hat and, and, and Alabama's right back where they always are, which is top three in the country, and it's going to go away this week. Georgia's yeah, they're playing off their reputation right now for sure. They had no business winning that game uh, last week, and but they got it done. I mean, incredible game. Uh, I love Georgia too. I, I it, if you can put Georgia in a teaser too, that's where I really like them. Just so they, you know, straight up win, um, but should be fun. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for the back uh, to school segment. We are in the stretch run of the NFL season and the Super Bowl will be here before you know it. And Superbook is giving you the chance to watch the big game with the guys, the Barber Brothers in Las Vegas on Super Bowl weekend. All you have to do is send in a question for the guys via Twitter. And if yours is picked, you're automatically put into the drawing. The handle is at Superbook Sports, at Ronde Barber, at Tiki Barber, and at R. Cruck, and you're in. It's just that simple. All right, we got a great question coming in this week, guys, from Larry. He is at Jint7, J-I-N-T-S-7, and he's got a picture of Saquon Barkley on his Twitter page, so I, <laughs> I know who he uh, who he's rooting for. But Larry asks, fellas, who would win in the 40-yard dash today? Oh. Yeah. Right now, I mean, right now, today, you both get up in, in and high school. Out. It was me in college. It was still me in the <laughs> NFL. It was also me. And now at 46 years old, it would still be me. I ran Woo. eight and a half miles yesterday. Ronnie hasn't run in two years. Does does running to the tee box? Does that count? <laughs> you made the golf reference this week. I did not. <laughs> There's no such thing by the way, is a 26-mile dash. This long-distance yard mileage you're putting on your legs, that means your, your quick twitch is now very... Uh, no, it's not. No, so it's I, not. I, 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 think, I think for once in our life, I got you. No Ooh. chance, dude. Oh, my gosh. No chance. I mean, maybe we settle this in Vegas, guys, for this uh, contest. Yeah. Me and Tiki trying to sprint right now is going to have <laughs> what two two consequences. Both of yeah. us pulled hamstrings. That's right. <laughs> Dash right down the strip, man. And and I'll I'll do a Rich Eisen. I'll put the suit on and I'll go with you guys. When both of us fall out, you'll be the winner. That's right. I'll take it any way I can get it. I'll take it. Oh, guys, well, great job today. Uh, will week number 13 be lucky for the betters? Uh, we will see uh, before we wrap up. Hey, congratulations to you, Rondé, on being named a semifinalist for the Hall of Fame. Very impressive, my man. Thank you, buddy. One of these days, one of these days they're going to get their head out of their ass and realize how good that dude was right there. <laughs> Appreciate you, brother. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> Guys, any final thoughts before we wrap? Hey, there's also the Big Ten Championship. I'll be calling that for Compass Media Networks. Michigan uh, taking on Iowa. Uh, Jim Harbaugh has finally broken through, literally kicked the crap 
out of Ohio State. Uh, and after five yeah. failures, uh, number six with Hassan Haskins and five touchdowns and 297 yards on the ground. It was kind of awesome to watch. So I'll be calling the Big Ten Championship on nice. Compass Media National Radio this weekend. So check that out as well. Uh, all I can say is make sure your TV is tuned to CBS this week. <laughs> and 14. <laughs> <laughs> okay. More details, some great games coming up. So make sure that you get in the game. Sign up today at superbook.com. Download the app for the latest odds and follow Superbook on social media at Superbook Sports. Betting with the Barbers airs on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and at superbook.com. New episodes drop every Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Look for our picks and video clips throughout the weekend on social media the podcast version of betting with the barbers is available on apple and spotify for ronde and tiki barber i'm ron crook enjoy the games that is all you've been locked into the betting with a barbers podcast 10 5 touchdown tiki barber Presented by Superbook Sports, featuring former All-Pro NFL stars Tiki and Rondé Barber, and featuring Ron Kruk. Subscribe, rate, follow, and review today, and never miss out on the Barber Twins' weekly betting advice. Tiki Barber takes it all the way, 62 yards. Rondé Barber broke up the play. Rondé Barber breaks it up. Want the best sports betting podcasts on the board? Look no further than GreenRollMedia.com each and every weekend. GreenRoll's covering the NFL, college football, and MMA better than anyone. Bringing you behind the counter of the most well-renowned sports books in Las Vegas. That's GreenRollMedia.com. GreenRollMedia.com. Home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network.